We all have fearful thoughts that limit our lives and we make decisions accordingly. How much better would life be if we exchange those fears for perfect love and truth? Just saying this feels freeing. Welcome to the Abundantly Me podcast with Tara Olette. She's a life coach, speaker, teacher, and writer. It has been so cool to witness how aware Tara is to God's love as she flips the script of fear, inspiring us to live abundantly. And this is my dear friend, Laura Fonseca, who is the producer of this life-giving podcast. I'm delighted to share space with her as she joyfully depends on God's voice and the written word to love others well within the mysteries of life. Okay, ready to flip the script? Oh, it's time. Let's go. It's a new week. It's a new year. It's a new week. It's a new year. Happy Monday. The kids are back Happy at school. Monday. They're back. My two are in college, so they're on the west side of the state. So they're really and back. They're really back. <laughs> they're really over. So all is well. Hey, curious. Do you have a, do you do the whole word for the new year? I have done it in the past. Um, this year I haven't done it. And I it's not that I'm not going to do it. Mm. I just I haven't um meditated on that yet so I don't have a word or a phrase but I've definitely done that in the past I've Mm -hmm. kind of worked through the fruits of the spirit too like feeling whatever um so like one fruit yeah I've done joy joy and love and um Mm. patience that was that was a rough year Um, (laughs) love that you know patience is also called like the King James version is long suffering. Oh well, then yeah, like you did that all year. <clears throat> that was the, that was that was the year that was twenty twenty one. Stop. So that was the year I had my kids home for school the entire year. They did a whole year of virtual school where I was what? home with them. So did it actually help to have patient? It, I mean, I we could see, but when you call it long suffering, it was. A long year, but it was yeah. the best. Okay. It was the best. And it taught me the most in that year about patience then. Um, did the word for the year, patience, but did that concept help you in that, you know, when the kids were home and homeschooling and did you meditate on that? Did you actually bring it to mind? Oh, yeah. I knew. Did you utilize it all year? Yes. And I knew that entire school year that that was the lesson the Lord was most wow. trying to um, yeah, like to get me to recognize. And why not give you an entire <clears throat> environment to do that? Like tons yeah. of opportunity to mm-hmm. exercise. <laughs> Long suffering. <laughs> but it That's was great. Yeah, it was great. So what, what about you? Did you do your uh, word this yeah, year? Yeah, this morning. This morning is I just agreed with God what it's going to be. Uh, Last year, mine was how high and I loved it. It was so thrilling. It was, it was me and jovial Jesus. I pictured him. I'm like, we're going after this. It was like, I felt joy no matter what and even if, and it was just like this obedience and just like, okay, and now we're going to go like, what do you want to do with it? Let's not, I don't want to just say yes to him. I want to say like, how high Mm -hmm. that's like, and I do, I, it was one of my favorite year long meditations or verses or, <clears throat> cause there was a couple of verses attached to it, but just symbolically in my mind, not, not symbolically, but the wording in my mind <laughs> this year he gave me, and I'm not going to explain it in this episode, but yes, I do have, uh, a symbol for the year and it looks like the number 11, two parallel lines. Okay. 
And um, so again, without spending a ton of time explaining it now, uh, maybe there will be an episode we talk about it because um, it's really, I can understand why God wants me to not have a word or something that my left brain logic can hold on to. It's more of this open-ended symbol that ultimately is like the two lines is me and Jesus. Mm -hmm. And I'll just leave it at that. It's like me staring at him in the face. It's a reflection. It's, it's really gorgeous. So I'll just leave it with that. It's a symbolic, it's a symbol and it's something that I can picture in my mind's eye as needed. It already proved from last episode, episode four, when I was having a really, really hard time, I didn't explain this to anybody or you yet, but this symbol popped in my head probably a half a dozen to a dozen times. And it really did help get me through stuff. Um, and it, it's almost like fix your eyes on Jesus, mm-hmm. but it's way deeper. It more levels. And it does. Yeah. A lot more levels. So we're going with a symbol for the All year. All right. I like that. Of Yee. course you have a symbol instead of a word. <laughs> I do. Very right-brained. I love it. So today I'm excited because you're giving us the opportunity to kind of eavesdrop on a conversation yes. that you had in one of your coaching sessions where you uh, walk a client through a listening prayer, yes. more specifically identity prayer. It is very similar. It's still a listening prayer, like you said. It's very similar to a healing prayer, but yeah, it was super cool to have had the opportunity to record it and not knowing I was going to use it for this podcast. Mm-hmm. And she gave us permission you guys. It's awesome. I am so wow grateful to her for being open to sharing this yeah. um, experience. Yeah. She was, I asked her permission and she said, I would be delighted um, to witness and to share my testimony because uh, what she got out of it was, was so beautiful. And she texts me again later and I said, I can take your name off of it if you want. And she said, I don't mind listen to this, healing out loud. Wow. Because that goes with episode one when we we're talking about Abundantly Me. What yeah. is this all about? And we're all about, and I'm all about living out loud and right. loving out loud. And she added a whole new element. She's like, I, out loud. I'm all about healing out loud. That is beautiful. Come on I now. I love it. Yeah. So before we get started with that, you lost yes. last week with the Wheel of Fear. <laughs> I did. So we need to get your... Um, Report. Report about yeah. how that went for you. Okay. Um, Do you want to remind us what your yes, fear was? that's a good idea. So the fear was around having, um, hosting this retreat. Um, and I had the idea, you and I were talking about it as one of the kind of goals for the upcoming Abundantly Me season. And uh, we just had a great conversation. I was feeling super excited. I went online to this uh, retreat place um, in this local area, in the Detroit area. And it had an availability the first weekend of February. So like I jumped on it. And at that point, it was two and a half months ago. Mm -hmm. And each day and each real life trial and tribulation and the holidays got away from me. And so my slice on the wheel of fear was make a decision if I'm going to um, hold the retreat or not. And so my report out was make a decision and I made a decision. I canceled it. 
And one of the reasons we do this is to kind of get more self-aware. And I realized that the, the reason I wasn't making a decision is out of disappointment. I get, I didn't know this until I was pressing into it, but I was afraid I was disappointing people who were excited. Uh, I was dis because I had made an announcement mm -hmm. that there was, that was kind of my how high word for the year. So I'm like, yeah, let's do this, God. I've been wanting to do a retreat forever. Let's do it. I can make it happen. I trust you. Let's, let's, you'll, if you give me the vision, you'll give me the provision. And then I was afraid, like I was letting people down. I was letting myself down of a goal that I had established. And I didn't even realize that I had the thought that I was letting God down because I felt like it came from him. And I'm not someone who tends to think like that uh, because God is like unconditional. He's so loving. And, uh, but I did, I felt like I'd let him down again. Didn't realize that until I was sending the email to the gentleman who, um, that I connect with to, to utilize their facility. And I also was fearing and had a limited belief as to what his response. I was waiting for, I'm like, <laughs> he's never spoken anything but a kind word. And my sweet little pitter patter heart was like, he's not going to be so kind this time because you were nervous. He was going to be upset yeah, about man. you canceling because I took a spot. Mm -hmm. They're booked solid for months in advance. And I was afraid I, I took a spot and they don't ask for a down payment. Oh. So I had like a, a voice in my head like, oh, you took someone's spot or um, you're manipulating the generosity of their system and you waited too long and someone else could have got like all this clogging up of junk and limited beliefs. And, and we don't know until we press into it. And his response was so kind. He was just... Absolutely, Tara, no problem. Um, I do think actually somebody would be happy that you cancel because they're looking forward to, to being able to host and maybe that weekend will work for them. And then did I dare to say, do you have any other openings? Good and I, I was going to put it on the wheel of fear. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, and God's like, Tara, don't put it on the wheel of fear. Just press into it right now. And so I also added in with the email I just asked him if uh if I'm allowed to you know look at another date in advance and he was super generous and said please feel free if there's an opening use it and uh I'm not there yet though that's where we're leaving it okay so it's just do I have this do I hold the retreat am I capable do I have what it takes will people sign up all the limiting beliefs all the fears stop me from now choosing a date that's two or three months away and I have plenty of time. Mm -hmm. So, but I'm, I'm just pausing and reflecting on it first, yeah. but that's my report. Good out. job. Not too bad. All right. I liked all that junk that was exposed. It's out. Now Absolutely. we're moving on. Freedom. And he didn't ban you from life. Remember like <laughs> I'm scheduling a future retreat. So that's great. I'm not shunned. I didn't awesome. hurt their business nope. or anything like that. So getting back in yes. today's episode, um, back in episode three, you walked listeners mm -hmm. through a, a healing prayer mm -hmm. and um, providing a way for someone who is dealing with an intense negative emotion to see what love says about it, expecting to discover the root of the negative emotion to ultimately heal yeah, from it. It's a mouthful. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot. Yeah. Um, and then the goal was that we would share one of my client sessions uh, because this is a very normal part of 
whenever someone becomes a client of mine somewhere, we do a listening prayer. Typically, we always, I always want people to know their true identity. So we'll do an identity prayer. And a healing prayer is usually necessary, if not once, a couple times. And uh, so I have, because I have multiple clients, and right now I'm in the middle of a course called Braving Your Abundance course. And I offered an additional, like a bonus session to, to walk any person who wanted to in that course uh, through an identity prayer. It was amazing. And so I thought, again, let's change it up. Even though it's not strict going through a healing prayer like we anticipated, we'll, we'll share that in the future. This listening prayer in this session is to discover the person's true identity directly from God, not from me, not from anything else in this world. So yeah, this we get to eavesdrop on, uh, on this session. She gave us permission that's great. Yeah. So the steps to the identity prayer, how is it different than other listening prayers? Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and will you, can, could you walk us through those steps so that the listener could kind of go along with... Oh, that's a um, good idea. Yeah. They're very, very similar. And even though, like I said in episode three, the quick steps I'm about to share... It really depends on the flow of the person, what their life has you know, been like up to this point, what negative emotion or what lie they're believing about him or herself. Um, it's just very fluid. <clears throat> but I do agree with you. Like if I can give the listener a structure to like pay attention to some steps, then as they're listening, they can either enjoy paying attention mm-hmm. to someone else's uh, identity prayer um, but they could also listen again or the, for the first time and just take note on what they're receiving separate from what my client in this session is going to receive. So the quick steps, and by the way, <clears throat> I think you guys know this by now, uh, learning from Jamie and Donna Winship has just been, has been so, uh, so been a godsend to me, to you, Laura, to this community, uh, to the world. Um, so these, the steps that I'm about to mention, I just learned from them and then uh, just blessed myself as well as clients. So <clears throat> the very simple steps for a listening prayer are what are the, just in your mind, if you can't, but if you could on your phone or on a piece of paper, list the lies you believe about yourself, um, false identities, that you believe about yourself. And it could be from your own voice. It could be what the world has spoken over you, what other people, it could be from childhood, but just list the lies and the false identities. And then when you feel like it's, it doesn't have to be exhaustive. It doesn't have to you know get to the very end, but allow some time to list three to five or whatever. Um, then the next easy step is just thinking of your favorite place, thinking of a place that, you can, your guard is down and you feel comfortable and you're in that environment in your mind's eye. And then you, depending on your faith journey, you just either picture what the ultimate source of love, picture the ultimate source of love uh, for you and I, that's Jesus. We're picturing Jesus in the scenario and here we have our list. <laughs> and then we picture handing that list over. Now, when I'm with my clients, I like 
I tend to like to have them narrow down. Like what is the one mm-hmm. that is most, that most grips you or feels the most weight? Um, but anyway, you hand that list over to Jesus. You hand that list over to the most perfect form of love. And then you watch what Jesus does with that list. And the responses are super unique um, and really enjoyable to listen to. Most often, watch what Jesus, watch, watch what love does with it. And then towards the end of the prayer, where you're just listening for these and listening and you're listening with your mind's eye, you're listening for imagery and for just pictures and downloads, not blocking any of it. So when we say listening prayer, you, you're not going to hear it typically 99.9% of the time. You're not hearing an audible voice of God. Mm-hmm. You're not hearing the audible voice of Jesus Christ. You're listening within your own mind and it often sounds like your own voice. It could sound like the voice of another loving person in your life. Um, you're quote unquote listening for any other sensory imagery um, or watching for noting. I, I'm, um, I hope that's helpful too. And then you just listen for what Jesus says about you. What does Jesus, what does the most perfect form of love say about you? What do, who does he say you are? What name, what nickname does he call you? And you receive the truth of who you are. So for those people who've listened to episode three and listened to the healing prayer, it's super similar. It, this one in particular is mostly towards that identity statement. That makes great. Sense. Yeah. So you are exchanging. Yes. Um, your Always an exchange. Negative um, names that yeah. the world might call you. You might call yourself for what Jesus calls you. That's right. I love it. That's perfect. I love it. So I'm glad you brought this up because just to make note, when you're about to listen and you're going to eavesdrop in on a session with a client, her name's Deirdre, and um, she said, give name and everything. Just really take in what she experienced because it's such an experience. Mm -hmm. It's like multi-dimensional, multi-sensory. It was super, super cool to listen in. And by the way, this is my job. So I get to do this all the time. I have a front row seat to Jesus giving our names and healing us and um, flipping the script like all the time. And so, uh, yeah, just enjoy this experience and then take note and go through this identity prayer for yourself if you're interested yes so if you want to participate grab a grab a pen and a journal and enjoy yeah all right you ready to listen i'm ready all right let's go so i'm so glad that i'm all stoked from my quiet time with him um because there's a few different ways to go about all kind of listening prayers, but one in particular here with the um, identity, who you say we are, Christ Jesus, who you say we are, who you made us to be, Father God. I'm jumping into prayer too. Um, Who you made us to be. There's so many different ways, Father God, to go about this this, uh, identity prayer because it's your alive spirit with those who are, who are alive with all of us now, Father God, Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, me, Tara, Deirdre, and Juliet. And for those in the course who are listening at this moment, whenever they're listening, welcome. 
You made us. You made us perfectly. And how you want us to hear who you say we are for a time such as this, that is up to you. So use me, Father God. I'm your open, surrendered vessel. You guide this. I want your, your wisdom. I want your wisdom. So prayer aligns us, connects us, levitates us off this world, the patterns, the noise, the distractions, even the desires. So I just want to hear from you, Father God, how you want to go about this. And we begin this prayer with allowing each and every one of us to write down and take note who we say we, who do we say we are? And it's actually statements that are not life-giving. Who do we believe we are? We've done this, I think, in one of our, our sessions. I think we wrote statements. And if we didn't, it's coming to mind now, at least, that what are three to five? Sadly, maybe you get 10 written. What are statements that were not life-giving that have been spoken over you? That you have believed about yourself? that you maybe even just the way that you reflect in this world, it seems to reflect back to you, these negative beliefs, statements, ideas about yourself. Who do I say I am? And it's not so good. What are labels? Just free, free flow, this writing, this contemplation. We're not evaluating or judging or ranking, just listing. Search our heart, O Lord. Reveal. Just a handful that strike you to be at the core of the lies you're believing about yourself, statements, labels. Now I'm going to twist this and say, what about even compliments? What about labels others have given you? And don't evaluate it right now, because maybe it's a good label that God wants you to take note. But we should note when people say positive things about us, it might be a distraction to the glory of what God is speaking over you. Sometimes that compliment or flattery is very genuine and true. And it's also could be used and manipulated by the opposing force. Wanting us to hang on to that label, that title that does not define us. This 
identity statement we're about in this session to hold on to, to hear, to experience from our creator. This only comes from our creator. It does not come from anyone else's voice. It doesn't come from our actions and our hard work. That no matter what and even if, this is a true statement. If we lose a job, a loved one, if we move, if these unfortunate events happen to us, if we get new titles, those are temporary. Those are of this world. So just take a quick moment to wrap up, look around, you know, search your, search your heart and just look at the page, see if there's anything else that you just need to get out, choose one that stood out the most. Do both of you have one maybe lie or negative statement or an identity statement about yourself that is really standing out the most? Deirdre, do you mind sharing if I stop and ask you questions? Yeah, I can share. Okay. Uh, what, what, what one stands out for you? Um, the phrase hot mess like that just cuts me. And, uh, I also have to say though, that the Holy spirit is, has jokes. And that was the last thing I heard from you before we were paused for a long time. And then when we got back on, I was like, talk about standing in the tension, geez, hanging out with that idea mm. for that pause. But yeah, it, so. that's good. Are you talking about when this glitch just happened? Yeah. It was and like, God was like, we're not moving on from this right now. Like, you're going to sit with that. Ooh. Yeah. So it was you standing in the tension of the yes. hot mess statement and what, yes. what was revealed for you in that. Yeah. Good. I'm telling you, mm -hmm. nothing is wasted. No, not wow. at all. <laughs> now, was hot mess conjured up by you or is that you? Here's the question. Whose yeah. voice is that? I think it's mine and the enemies together. Okay. Meaning you've never heard someone else call you directly a hot mess. Correct. I don't think I have. Okay. That's good. All right. Good as in good information. Can't wait to see how he's going to flip the script on this. this okay. So what I'd like you to do, uh, I'm going to use you, Deirdre. This actually is super helpful to use you as an example to walk through this. Uh, keeping the structure in mind, but I'm going to follow your flow of what God's doing with you. And so um, what I want each of us to do, you especially with this hot mess, is if you could hold this in your hand, if you could embrace hot mess in a way that, I mean, you can feel it. Mm -hmm. Now, sometimes, well, I'll stay with this. What shape, what symbolically would hot mess be like in your hands? The importance of embracing is really naming it hot mess, embracing it even more important. And so is there anything that comes to mind that says like, if I could hold hot mess, it would be, what would it be? I'm getting the image of a giant sandwich that is like full of unhealthy things but like a hot mess of sandwich 
which cracks me up, but yeah. I know this is so right brain unique in, and yeah. it's exactly the imagery that's necessary. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. While you're just really owning and embracing this imagery of what hot mess means to you, what does it feel like on your body and where? It's fascinating that it's kind of like a sandwich because it's going to taste good, but it's also not going to make me feel good. It's going to hit my stomach really hard and I might be momentarily satisfied, but it's not nourishing. Wonderful. And that means then if I, if I'm on your page with this experience, you would then after the immediate gratification, after the taste, when it settles, it's in your gut. So when you think of this identity statement of you're a hot mess and you really own it, embrace it, feel it, name it, all of it, you feel that in your gut. And if that's the case, what does it feel like? What is the sensation in your gut? Heavy, slow, sad. Um, like I let somebody down guilt. Um, that I didn't live up to my potential, that I missed the mark. Yeah. And then just praying. So you feel in your gut heaviness, slowness, sadness, guilt because you let someone down. I do feel led to ask, who you let down. I guess the best way to say is God, like, um, so frequently it's as if I know I could have done better, but I chose the easy route. I chose, um, indulgence. I chose the path of least resistance. And so that I basically it's, like the Holy Spirit, I let down the Holy Spirit, like what it could have done, like the potential for love. I chose the easy thing. Comfort. Yeah. Okay. Just thank you, Lord, that you're a man of comfort. Mm -hmm. Your wisdom that comes to the surface is maternal. It's loving. You are guiding not condemning or judging. However, allowing the statements of evaluation and guilt and allowing it to come to the surface because we're flipping the script on it. We're not owning it indefinitely. We're naming it and embracing it. We're feeling it. We're experiencing it. We're standing in the, in, we're standing in the tension of hot mess. We're not ignoring it, numbing it, hiding it, stuffing it, suppressing it, being depressed by it. Okay. So you feel it, it, we've named it. You, you can hold it in your hands. You see the, the symbolic nature of it. You can feel it on your body. All of that is all part of our experience here on this side of heaven. 
So now what I'd like you to do, just praying about what next step. Yeah, looking at time here. Yeah, okay, I'm gonna go for it. God says time is good, all right. Deirdre, can you think of the very first time in your life when hot mess, when you gave yourself this title, this identity statement, better yet, when was the very first time in your life you felt like a hot mess? Oh, um, I was probably about four years old. Um, maybe three, four years old, and I was incredibly confused because um, a neighbor touched me and told me not to tell anybody because I was a bad girl, I was naughty, and um, I, it was like this internal battle between I knew it was right, but I also knew that I was scared, and I knew that I was I didn't know how to talk to my parent, my mom about it. And so it was just like this, I was just internally combusting. And I, I think I just like crumbled and just start, looked for comfort instead. And in my mind, it was just like, I was complicated and no one was going to understand. And so I just reached for comfort to numb it away how did That's you funny. if you don't have to say it out loud but how if you'd like or in your head what were your comforts uh it was largely like sweets and chocolate and watching tv and, and numbing out and I playing with dolls basically it was like the um the beginning of all of my coping mechanisms where it evolved into like shopping and stuff, but like wanting to play dress up or wanting to play with my dolls, wanting more, wanting more, wanting more, wanting more, wanting distraction. Um, I remember my mom told me I had a sweet tooth and looking back, I started to own that identity, but I realized now that it was just a coping mechanism mm -hmm. for me to reach for something else mm -hmm. instead of, hear, did you hear in that your identity statement? after this injustice on you, I was complicated. Yes. Yep. Yeah. And that's an example. That's an identity statement that you held on to that four-year-old. I am complicated. This bad thing happened to me. And now I'm labeling myself complicated. When you think of that, I am complicated, how much weight does that carry compared to I am a hot mess? I would say more weight. It feels deeper. Yeah. I feel that with you.
your four. You're learning how you fit in the world. And Satan jumps at this opportunity to help you feel naughty and stand in agreement with don't tell anybody. Stand in agreement with how complicated you are. You're a hot mess. You're complicated. And um, at four, learning how to compensate for the secret you're keeping in because it's identified you. So you believed if you speak this secret out, what might you have been believing would happen? What were you fearing? Rejection, abandonment. I think I, I literally thought like my parents would send me away to boarding school or something. The little girl feared being abandoned, being rejected. You literally had visions of being sent to boarding school. Is there a reason that that fear was that the response of your loved ones would be so extreme? <laughs> um, my father was on submarines as a child and I didn't, I didn't get to know him truly until I was five. He was gone for seven months at a time. I basically saw him for two weeks. And so I truly believe that he left me and he abandoned me because he didn't love me enough to stay around. And so I was, I was just like, I'm down to one parent. Like I'm down to my mom and I didn't want to risk. I could, I didn't, like, I couldn't imagine risking her love and risking her presence in my life. Okay. And she was emotionally unavailable for me. And I had to stuff everything down in order to access her love and her attention. Cause I had to be the good girl to get her attention. Mm. So dad wasn't a regular <laughs> father, God type dad, right? So there's a right. correlation and I'm going to respect time. There's a correlation between our father on earth as what we think is protected, a protector, a provider, an identity speaker, <laughs> outer yeah. Yeah. one who speaks life over their child. So that was absent. And then your mom as nurturer, which is reminiscent of what we might be thinking of the Holy Spirit, our, our mom relationship can correlate to the Holy Spirit relationship as nurturer, as a guide, as one who knows how to navigate and teach about emotion and emotional regulation, a nurturer, a provide, um, a teacher, a guide, a supporter. So you didn't want to lose that because you didn't really even know how to navigate those emotions and bless both your parents. They're human. Right. There's a whole other thing to do with this. They're human right now. We're just going to say they are doing the best. They, they did the best they could, but this is your little four-year-old reality. And you are, you are filling in the gap. You are identifying because it wasn't done around you. Mm -hmm. So I am complicated. The four-year-old 
decides to label herself rather mm -hmm. than my environment, my upbringing, my parental figuring, that's complicated. Instead, the four-year-old said, I'm complicated. I'm a hot mess. You see, that's where Satan gets up on in there and says, you know, let's not stand in this tension. You're only four. It's not being done for you. They're not even noticing these things. These things, these injustices are happening. Where are the, where's the safety? Where's the protection? Where's the, all of it. And Satan agrees with it. And the world begins because that's the lens of the four-year-old. So the, the four-year-old doesn't even realize on her behalf, she's searched because this is, this is staying alive. I got to keep, I got to keep alive. I got to stay alive. And the way to stay alive is to stay true to this identity of I'm complicated. And then the world will show you how complicated you are. Yep. Because that's the lens in which you're viewing your existence. And so we see that that is a life coping mechanism. I believe I'm complicated. So I'm going to walk through the world and the world I hope agrees with my identity because that'll keep me alive. It's a very primitive. There's no think that's a very primitive line of thinking life or death survival. So we're going to flip the script. You see, we take this seriously. We stand in the tension of what this neighbor did. We don't hide it. It's not secret because in, in the land of love, love shows you what else was also present that this four-year-old didn't know. So standing in this memory as a, a four-year-old who feels, uh, who, who says she's complicated, I'd like you to look around in this season of your life, maybe you pick a, a place in your home or the neighborhood area or the, where the assault happened. And I just want you to find Jesus. Where is perfect love also? We didn't know he's present, but he is. Where do you see him? Um, we were in Hawaii and it had such beautiful trees and leaves. And I just, I feel like the answer is just in the life of the plants and in, in the fresh air and the, hmm. and noticing nature and noticing beauty and seeing, it, it allowed me to take a deep breath and feel that there was something good out there. Are you saying it doesn't have to be this, but I just want to be on your page. Are you saying the neighbor, the assault happened in Hawaii? Okay. We, that's where we lived at the time. Okay. And so you're saying that as you're visualizing this traumatic experience, you're also noticing how the nature around you is so life-giving and beautiful and you can breathe in the air and the plants like Jesus is present all around you. Yeah. Beautiful. Thank you for letting me in on this. I'm, will you also invite Jesus, the personhood of Christ Jesus, the visualization I have. So I'm just going to speak it out is like, he comes out of nature. Just watch him almost like 
the book of Genesis, it feels like for a moment, mm-hmm. not Adam, right? The second man, Jesus, allow him to walk out and come towards you. And then allow him to just be present. Just stop it there. Do you have that imagery? Don't share it yet. Just hold it, hold it, hold it. This is better and more important than standing in the other tension. Stand in love. You are complicated. But you're in the presence of perfect love, the personhood of Jesus. And now take that hot mess sandwich and hand it to him. In your mind's eye, give it over to him. It doesn't belong to you. That is a lie. And now I want you to watch what he does with it, where it goes, how he as perfect love takes it. And then I'd like in your mind's eye, he's giving you something in exchange. Allow perfect love to hand you a new. That is speaking Deirdre language. That four-year-old knows exactly the meaning of why he's giving you this in place of the hot mess sandwich. Allow it to fill in the naughtiness, the secretiveness, the fear, the lack of voice, the internal combusting. It is for the first time ever a divine source of comfort that only the Trinity can do. Only his Holy Spirit. That's the here and the now. This is a memory of four, but you are Deirdre today. His Holy Spirit is comforting you in a way that only he can a mom and a dad. They're not, they're not perfect love. The personhood of Jesus and his Holy spirit is you are not abandoned. You spoke this out and perfect love revealed itself. The complete opposite. You got comforted. What Deirdre did he hand you? If you don't mind sharing. Um, have you ever seen those beeswax wraps? So it was a blue and green, like a tie-dye beeswax wrap entwined. And I opened it and it was a crystal. And like a a rose quartz crystal. Um, and Ooh. the other day... I was reading Jamie Winship, similar identity stuff. And God told me I was a healer. And at first I was like, what do you mean? You're the one who heals. And he clarified to me that I'm like the balm. I'm like, I do, I do the removing. So the beeswax wrap in my mind is that balm of that covering. covering. (laughs) And I was confused with the crystal, but what he says is that I'm an amplifier and that I'm multifaceted. I'm not complicated. I'm multifaceted. Yes. Flipping the script. Yeah. So 
So, uh, I, and it's funny because um, part of me is like, aren't crystals really new age? And I used to do new age stuff and I'm trying to, you know, balance it. But God has continually said, he's like, I'm everywhere. I'm everywhere. Stop mm-hmm. judging it. <laughs> so. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's um, how his, cre- he created crystals. Yeah. So Deirdre, how does this sit with you? We don't worship the created. We worship the creator. You are worshiping the creator and you're using what he created to help others heal. Yeah. That's the difference. How does that sit with you? Fantastic. When you said you're not comp, the amplifier, the crystal, the amplifier daughter, you're not complicated. You're multifaceted multifaceted so with all of this what do you think is the is the identity statement is it i am multifaceted is it i am a healer is it a combination what do you think he's working out here in your new identity in christ i feel like the phrase is I'm a multifaceted healer (laughs) how does that feel to you very true (laughs) how does that feel compared to the heaviness the weightiness in your gut that's just guilt-ridden it feels light it feels like my heart's opening it feels It feels like confidence. It feels true. How does the four-year-old version of yourself that we love and honor and dealt with something that she shouldn't have had to deal with, but she did, how is she today? How does she feel now? She feels honored. She feels safe. Oh my heavens. Did you hear what you just said? She feels honored. I just want, let's stand in that. She feels, she spoke out the secret in trusted community. She feels honored and safe. The complete opposite she thought would happen if she spoke it out. Right. How do you feel with that? It feels really good. And something I should clarify is that um, Deirdre is not my birth name. Deirdre is a name that God gave me. And uh, my birth name is Laura, which uh, if you look up the meaning, it talks about like a crown of laurel leaves, like as in victory. And I never felt that name resonated with me. And it was about a couple, like maybe almost two years ago now that I started reading the Bible and God told me to change my name to Deirdre. And Deirdre means sorrowful woman and at first I was like okay but in a way it was acknowledging what I've come through and God saying I see you I see your sorrow I'm going to give you a name and it's hilarious because it's obviously not an identity but it's part of your story yes and so through all of this God continually calls me Deirdre uh it's been an it's kind of been a battle to get my family to also call me Deirdre but 
that was another piece of my truth telling. I had to tell them my truth for them to really wrap their minds around Deirdre. And so God continually gives me this beautiful, this color combination of this blue and green cascading like tie-dye for Deirdre. And uh, and, and, and so essentially little Laura feels honored mm. to have to to have gone through this and to have to and it's interesting because like I I love Laura so much for all she did and all she survived I'm so proud of her and now I'm stepping into the identity as Deirdre because God has so much more for me and he he wants me to assume this new identity which and I've been trying to debate on whether or not to change my name legally uh I don't know if it's necessary I'm waiting for God to Hmm. tell me what to do but uh Hmm. in the meantime that's essentially that's why she feels so honored she feels like she's happy to be seen and held and she doesn't mind that I changed her name, my name, because she, that part of her doesn't live anymore. That part of her is the past. So. Yeah. Wow. Wow. I'm Laura. Okay. So Laura. Deirdre is a multifaceted healer. The entirety of your story, your wholeness, all of it allows you to be because of your personal relationship with Christ Jesus. Because as your relationship with Jesus grew, this continued to make more and more sense. And you know who your eyes are fixed on. You are a multifaceted healer. So no matter what comes your way, you enter into it as a multifaceted healer. That is who you are in Christ Jesus. And then you can respond to life as a multifaceted healer. You don't respond as the four-year-old wounded young girl. We honor her, but we don't let her speak for you. Her emotions aren't your current emotions. Her fears aren't your current fears. We flip the script, Jesus flipped the script. So you get to, and you're going to choose to, it is a self-aware and intentional lifestyle to get to choose to show up in the world, show up in your life and respond to your life as a multifaceted healer, a Men. Wow. That was awesome. Um, thank you for inviting us. 
yeah. into that experience. It was, I've definitely, I've done it. I've done the healing prayer before on my own. Been I've been walked through it, but I've never yeah. had the experience of listening to somebody mm. else go through that. And that was, I mean, that was beautiful. Watching her flip the script from, what did she call herself? A hot mess sandwich. She called herself a hot mess. That was her identity statement. I am a hot mess. And then the visualization, which is so stinking unique. I get to walk, this is what I do almost every week, multiple times a week. And the visualizations and where they go is extraordinary. This is the right side of our brain. This is the creativity and the fluidity of the Holy Spirit. So yeah, it came out as a yeah, I love that sandwich. I love the imagery, all of it, the whole yeah. way through. But I love that imagery of the the hot, messy sandwich and exchanging that. You hand that over to Jesus, and then He handed her back yes. um, something in exchange, and that's just so beautiful. Yeah, what was it? A crystal was inside, it crystal wrapped in um, I forgot what a honeycomb, a, a honeybee, or a, a wax. Yes. Um, and, and that makes sense to her, yeah. even though a lot of times when I say that made sense to her, it did eventually. But what I love most is when they start seeing things or hearing or experiencing or just like a, like a movie in their mind sometimes or a symbol. It's like, I love the statement, this doesn't make any sense or this is really weird. And it's like the weirder, the better. Mm-hmm. And like... It doesn't always make sense the very first moment. And then if we stand in it together and we just say, what do you want me to know? Show me more, God. Uh, what do you want me to be aware of? And then it just starts to make sense. And then she ended with, I am a multifaceted healer. I mean, I as a coach, as a life coach, cannot come up with that. Right? I mean... Talk about flipping the script. Come on now. No one on earth, no job, no title, no accumulation of wealth and goods and materials, um, our area that we live in, our, our family status, like there's nothing on earth in the natural that can explain what the supernatural says about us. That's what I love about the job that I get to do every, yeah. every day. That's neat. Yeah, man. Way to flip the script. The other thing I noticed that she, or I was remembering that she had said um, that I was walking her through is that when we know our true identity, then we can show up every day accessing and believing that true identity. So that's the person who shows up in that moment. And that's the person who responds in that moment. And that's what I love about having one of my foundational courses is the Abundance Academy. And it's four weeks. What do I believe? And that's where I do Mm -hmm. at least if they haven't done this already with me in identity prayer, accessing who God says we are. Because if I start with who I am and flipping the script and who I used to believe, um, when we become self-aware, we're like, wow. So week one is belief. Week two is our thought life and our emotions, our feelings. And then week three and four, week three is who I am showing up in the world and how I respond. So we flip the script on who's showing up and who's responding in that situation. Mm -hmm. So I just, I love the freedom that she felt after that. Like, okay. And then we talked after how like immediately at work when she showed up in as a multifaceted healer, 
rather than the subconscious hot mess, what mm -hmm. a difference it made in the days to come. Wow. It was very cool. Thank you to both of you guys for sharing that with us. Yeah. That was great. It was, it was a privilege. Yeah, and I'm absolutely. so honored that she let me let me do that. So, all right. Well, thank you. Well, now it is time Ooh. for the Wheel, Wheel of Fear. Ooh. All right. So, are you ready to rock paper scissors? Yes, I'm ready to rock paper scissors. Here we go. Okay. One, three. Oh, okay. <laughs> I lost again. Oh. Do I always pick scissors? <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I thought I lost for a second. So I, <laughs> you lost. You get to go. Okay, good. I don't know why. I was like in my head fearing losing, <laughs> and then I like thought I lost, but no, you did. You you feared losing, so you pictured even though you won, you actually lost. So because of that. <laughs> Too late. <laughs> I put my phone away. Now it's your turn. Spin the wheel. All right. You pick rock. I pick scissors. Oh, all right. Okay. This is like last week. It's not that big of a deal, but I put it on the wheel of fear. Oh my gosh. It is a big deal because it's my health. So I'll just quickly explain. So for those of you who may not know, uh, gosh, it's been a year and a half uh, two years, actually, but a year and a half, I was diagnosed with a brain disease. Sounds super sexy. I know. Uh, but it's called idiopathic hypersomnia. And the interesting thing is the Holy Spirit has led me. I have allowed the Holy Spirit, which is love, perfect love. Y'all, I'm not making this up. I have wanted perfect love to help me navigate through being diagnosed with what's called a brain disease. And it's just my brain does not regulate its sleep-wake cycle. And it was absolutely miserable. I was so miserable. Um, but we can talk about those details another time. So one of the paths I decided to take was a naturopath or a more holistic approach and um, it has served me so well. However, the reason I put this on the wheel of fear to make this one decision is because I don't feel like this process, I'm, I don't feel like it's serving me well anymore. And I'm really fearful because now what? If this, if mm. I get off of these supplements that have, have helped, but they're expensive and I'm not noticing the help anymore and I'm actually noticing some reverse stuff. And so um, the fear or the limiting belief that's the reason I put it on the wheel of fear is do I stop the supplement process? So I'll just keep it that short you know, and sweet as an explanation for right now and then I'll, I'll kind of just pray and continue to do what I normally would have done but I use this as an example because I think a lot of us deal with um, health issues and health crises and different diagnosis. And, and I felt like it was a worthy thing to talk about. Awesome. Um, so we'll see, we'll see, you know, we'll what see. love says in the next week and what decisions I make. Sounds good. All right. All right. Okay. Let's see. We are so glad you listened to this episode of the Abundantly Me podcast. 
where we flip the script on fear and exchange it for perfect love and truth. Want to stay in touch? Please consider subscribing. And if you would like to continue the conversation from an episode, go to AbundantlyMe.org to access our podcast group. And remember, when it comes down to it, the greatest way not to allow fear to be a liar, a limiter, or a liability is to first be loved by God. Then we can show up in life motivated by truth and love that sets us free. And we would love a virtual hug by sharing, liking, and leaving a review, which also allows others to learn about this free service. 